This is the Community Connection, a podcast from Community Baptist Church in South Bend, Indiana. The purpose of this podcast is to better equip our church family to do the ministry of the gospel where God has planted us. Can you test your microphone to see if it's recording now? Hello. <laughs> Testing one, two, three. You know, we did already start this recording and your microphone wasn't working. And as tempted as I was to continue the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and cut you out of it, I was kind enough to start and turn your microphone on and, and, and restart. Thank you. There's, so, I mean, I don't, I don't contribute a lot here. Just kind of, I'm the backstop for your words. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody has to have some sort of background. And so I'm glad I'm the ambiance to your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are talking uh, about the Easter season and how excited we are that it's Easter. I cannot believe that we're at that time of year again. Do you know how old that makes you sound? Because I used to think as a kid, my parents would always say, can you believe it's Christmas already? And I'd be like, yes, I can, because it's been like an <laughs> been eternity so since the last the Christmas year, maybe more. <laughs> and, uh, and now I find myself looking at my kids and saying, can you believe that we've only got this many weeks left in school? And they're like, we've been in school forever. Yeah, and so that's uh, true. Yeah, we experience so. time differently based on our age and stage, don't we? I actually have a theory. You would you like to hear my theory about I actually, this? Yeah, I would actually. Okay, my theory is that we experience time based on how much time we've experienced. In other words, for a one-year-old to live another year is to live another lifetime. Mm-hmm. But for a 90-year-old to live another year seems to go by so quickly because they've experienced so much time. So we my should, theory... We should poll 90-year-olds to see if that's the case. Because I wonder if you get to a point where time really starts to drag again. Because I would assume that there are certain things that make your day-to-day living more strenuous. You know how like when you're, when you're sick, time seems to drag. I wonder if when you're older and you typically have more aches and pains is what I've been told. I wonder if time goes slower when you get older. I wonder if there's like it like slow, then speeds up and then slows down again. We should pull 90 year olds. You know what? If you are listening, if that's the case, if you are listening to this podcast and you would consider yourself to be a mature aged individual and you would like to weigh into this concept, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at bjaquo at communitybaptist.com, and but, you can send us as many emails as you want so over mean. and over again. We love chain emails. We love uh, we love for you actually to go and sign us up for email newsletters and all your favorite websites. So if you'd like to uh, to email us and give us your feedback, that would be great. But But that literally is my theory. You experience time based on your experienced time. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I've actually thought about this just within the past week. I've, cause I've wondered about this. This is probably as far off topic <laughs> as we could possibly get. So maybe we well, ought to just cut it off here. No, what we'll, we'll do is we'll talk about our sponsor after this. <laughs> I, I tend to think that you, your experience with time, obviously perceptive wise, your, your perception of time is relative to the type of, and number of events that occur in your life. For instance, when you're a kid, hmm. the number of true events that occur in your life is minuscule. You go to school and that's literally the only thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it seems like time goes by relatively slowly. And I think that what you're saying plays into that, but hmm. for adults, there are 
your life is is differentiated by innumerable number of projects and events that you have to oversee. And mm -hmm. moving from one to the other, I think you kind of lose track of the time in between. So basically what you just did is you just took what I said and you just said the exact same thing in but different better. words to try to make it sound like you're coming up with your own idea. No, I, I think I think what I thought originally better is related to your lesser idea. So I don't think that I, what I'm trying to help you understand you don't need to feel bad for thinking what you thought. <laughs> Okay, I tell you what, good. let's let's move on because I'm afraid we're going to continue to descend into the. No, I actually um, have been thinking about this. This is interesting. So, so let's talk about our sponsor for a minute. This episode of the Community Connection is brought to you by Happy Camper Coffee, roasted by your own very own Pastor Matt Tracy. And maybe one day they'll sponsor us enough to donate some coffee to this That's podcast. True. Maybe one day this this incredible company would be generous enough to sponsor our podcast by allowing us to have some of that coffee free of charge. And uh, Ben, if someone is listening to this and they'd like to get in touch with um, Pastor Matt Tracy for Happy Camper Coffee and to order some of his home-roasted, single-origin-sourced beans, how would they contact him? Well, you would email bjaquo at communitybaptist.com because apparently that's the dump email where we send all of our queries. It is the dump uh, email. No, no. Yes, get in touch with Pastor Matt. And uh, if you end up going and subscribing to his coffee as a result of listening to this podcast, make sure you mention that to him. That's right. Because he 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 needs to know that our promo of this is uh, reaping harvest for him. That's right. Uh, if you would like to sponsor the Community Connection, if you're listening and you have a business you'd like to sponsor, reach out to us. We're pretty picky about who sponsors us, but we'd like to take your application. Please help. And, uh, <laughs> and see if uh, you can be mentioned on the, uh, on the broadcast. Okay. Uh, we're talking about Easter, and, um, and Easter's coming up very quickly. I actually looked up, do you know how we determine what Sunday to celebrate Easter on? We find the most inconvenient Sunday imaginable. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no. And then we jump around every every like year. Mad now. Every year we plan it differently so that nobody knows when it's coming. Right. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> That's what it seems like, isn't it? It does. But, you, did you know? And and I think I think this is true. It's always good to to say that before you say something profound. But I think this is still true because of all the research that I found. They've. Um, there have been attempts to try to standardize when Easter is like the first Sunday in April, second Sunday in April has never really worked. And so since 325 AD, what happened in 325 AD? The Paschal letter the from council of Nicaea. Nicaea. That's yeah, one. that's good. One of them. Uh, council of Nicaea decided that the Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox. Excellent. Is when we celebrate Easter. That's not confusing at all. Not confusing at all. I'm going to say it again. Not if you live by the stars. <laughs> the, the Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox. What's an equinox? equinox? I think it is the... It sounds like a pagan ritual. It does sound like a pagan ritual. I think the spring equinox is the begin. Equinox is the beginning of spring. He's going to look that up as we talk. Um but I think that would be the beginning of spring, the first full moon, the next Sunday would be Easter. It's when, I don't know what this means, but the March <laughs> equinox is when the subsolar point appears to leave the southern hemisphere and cross the celestial equator heading northward as seen from Earth. <laughs> so says Wikipedia. Okay, so that's the equinox. So when that happens, 
and then we have a full moon the next Sunday is Easter. And I believe the Equinox this year was on March 21st. Is that right? Yeah, I believe the spring Equinox this year know. was March 21st. I'm not making that up. Okay. I think, that, I I think that's you. true. I'm not. March 21st. Good. And then um, the first Sunday following the first full moon is going to be here in a couple weeks. And that's when we're going to celebrate Easter. Great. Uh, this Sunday, we would call Palm Sunday. So let's talk a little bit about what Palm Sunday celebrates and what Easter celebrates. And I think it's very important that we say that it probably was not on these days that this actually happened, but it's these are the days that we set aside mm-hmm. to recognize and celebrate these events. It was in this time of year. Pleasure. Yeah, it was this time of year. But uh, but I don't, I don't think we want to look and say, okay, if I think it's April 9th this year is Easter, no. and say it was on April 9th that Christ rose from the right. Rose from yeah. right. Um, but we look and we say, okay, Palm Sunday is a Sunday that we recognize um, – the truth that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey when they laid down palm branches and um, proclaimed him as the king of the Jews to rescue them and uh, and his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday, just a few days later for him to be crucified on Friday. That's why we have Good Friday. Mm-hmm. And then um, Easter morning, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ as we do every single Sunday, but in a special way. On Easter, so much so that you've actually chosen a hymn of the month that's going to focus on the story of redemption. So let's talk a little bit about Easter and the hymn of the month. Our hymn of the month is called "It Was Finished Upon That Cross," uh, and this is a song that uh, really is just kind of a, a gospel-centered anthem, and uh, it really describes the work of Christ and His uh, total victory over sin through His atoning death on the cross. Uh, and that's the refrain that's continually repeated. But what I love about this is it um, uh, makes application all the way through. We have some songs that are kind of doctrine heavy, others that are more uh, experiential responses to what Christ has done. And this kind of marries those two. It, um, it really takes the gospel and applies it to all of life. But I really love the third stanza, and this is really why we chose it for the month of April, is it reads that death was once my great opponent, fear once had a hold on me. But the son who died to save us rose that we would be free indeed. And I love that fact that uh, it reminds us of the truth that the power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that is at work in us. And so Christ's death has immediate and true spiritual repercussions in my life today, Hmm. especially because of the truth that I'm, uh, by grace through faith, brought into union with Christ the fact that I am in union with Christ, Paul actually bases makes that his argument in 1 Corinthians 15 uh, for our confidence that we're going to be raised from the dead. He says those who've been brought into this kind of a relationship with Christ can be confident that they will rise from the dead because Christ has risen from the dead. Now, on the yeah. face of it, that, that doesn't follow just because one person does something does not guarantee that another person in similar circumstances must experience that same outcome. You know, just because you drive a car and your tire blows on Miami doesn't mean that when I drive a car on Miami, I can assuredly expect my tire to blow. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Christ has been raised from the dead is a guarantee that those who have put their faith in him will be raised from the dead because there's something about the relationship of a believer coming into union with Christ that guarantees the likeness of Christ's life. And so this is why Paul says we ought to actually expect suffering in our lives as well because Christ suffered, and so you should expect to suffer. Christ died, you should expect to die. Christ was raised, you should expect to rise. It's no longer the life that I live, but Christ lived 
in me. Exactly. There's a, a spiritual union where Christ's uh, life and ministry is emulated or reflected in your own living. You know, I think that that third verse that you mentioned in this hymn is really important for us to focus on because, um, you know, there are various aspects of the process of dying, which I think uh, people are very fearful of, and rightfully so in yeah. a human state, right? That we, uh, even Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane looks at the outpouring of God's wrath to come on his shoulders and makes the request of his father, Lord, would you let this cup pass from me? Is there, is there any other way to accomplish this um, action of, of redemption, of atonement without this? But then he ends, not, not my will, but yours be done, right? Um, and in that mo in, in in the process of thinking through the concept of death and dying for the christian though we may fear the process of dying psalm 23 the valley of the shadow of death right the shadow that leads up to the moment of dying we have no need to fear the moment of death mm -hmm. because we as believers as those who have accepted christ's payment on our behalf are not under the wrath of god and that when we think of, I even heard uh, R.C. Sproul say uh, this week, well, I heard it, uh, he was, I was watching a video of him teaching this week. Uh, he's in heaven now. But uh, he was actually nearing the end of his life and somebody asked him about his health concerns. And he said that there were certain anxieties that had come into his life when he thinks of the pain and the process of dying. But yet the actual concept of death does not scare him. Hmm. And, uh, and when we look at the atonement offered by Christ on the cross, the power revealed by Christ in his resurrecting himself from the dead, there is nothing about the act of death that should scare the believer. Mm -hmm. But it is rightfully, um, I, I believe it's natural to feel fear the process of dying. And I think some people walk around with this guilt because they're like, man, I, I'm scared of dying. And yet I hear... You know, I'm I'm free. I shouldn't be scared of this. A death has no more grip over me, and and yes, that moment as believers, we have confidence that we'll be delivered in the arms of Christ. There's a part of this too where we uh, and the Puritans talked a lot about this, where they understood that preparation for the day of your dying was one of the most important things that a believer could That's do right. yep. during the times of their living. Mm -hmm. And I uh, and they and so what they viewed is not this kind of false dichotomy of I either do not fear death or I do fear death, but rather viewing it as a portion of our progressive sanctification mm. where we would say I do fear death on some level, but the more that I preach gospel truth to myself related to this idea, the more faith grows in God. Mm. And so the truth is that our faith does deepen in God. I can have a faith that expresses itself in, in this way, and that faith can legitimately grow as the more I understand the gospel, the more I, I believe, uh, the better I believe mm -hmm. the truth from the gospel. That's why these, these kinds of songs are so helpful for us. And we've talked about this before, but these are the kinds of songs that pastor us. They shepherd our hearts and our thinking and teach us to think in certain ways along gospel lines. God will use this song to help prepare you for the day of your death yep. in a, so that that time is much less fearful than it otherwise might have been. And, and when, I think for me, really the, the climax of this concept for me comes in recognizing 
the power and nature of God as a holy, loving, just, righteous God. And that moment, hopefully as I get to know that more, that moment of death, I will see more as me going to my father, mm-hmm. not me leaving this earth, you know, right. the combination. And I think, you know, even as we finished up our, our Bible Institute class just recently, some of the testimonies from that class was that the, the bigger your God gets, the less you have to fear, mm-hmm. the more you trust, the more you love, because as the, ob- like what you're saying, your faith grows as the object of your, the knowledge of the object of your faith grows. Uh, Easter is one of my favorite times of the year. I love to celebrate, to set aside a specific Sunday, to celebrate specifically the plan of the gospel culminating in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I look forward to celebrating with, um, with our church family. If someone is listening to this, Pastor Ben, and they say, you know, I'm not sure if I want to come to church Easter morning. Uh, is it really that important that I gather? Is there anything that um, if, if, if I'm not at church on Easter morning, what would I be missing? What, what would I, uh, what, what would I gain from coming to church on Easter morning? How would you kind of answer that question? Grace, you would, you would miss, you would miss grace to be absent and you would gain grace to be present. Mm-hmm. God dispenses grace that, uh, strengthens and comforts and assures mm-hmm. and empowers through the gathering of his church, because that's where his word is preached. And he's blessed that gathering with the proclamation of the word in that way Mm. for the spiritual nourishment to be absent from church on any Sunday is to spiritually fast. Mm. And we're commanded to physically fast so that our spirits may be nourished, Mm. but God refuses to allow his children to continue to spiritually fast because Mm. it's destructive to our souls. It is. How many times have, have we heard someone who maybe has been held out of church because of physical difficulties or travel and they come back and after the service, they'll say something to the effect of, I needed this, that I have missed this. And uh, to have God's grace administered to a heart in that way, I'm looking forward to Easter morning.